it's all helping to form leaders. And even with, with the clergy, not, not to feel threatened by uh, others. It, it, it's, a, it's a collaborative effort. And it, it's the, the pastor drawing on the gifts and, and talents of those that have been entrusted to a spiritual care. It's working together to make the parish better and more effective. And as you have uh, said uh, during our study days, that there's other ways of bringing people together. There's the pastoral council, but there's other, you know, more of a leadership team. That people that you can rely on, and it only makes sense, right? I, I, I can't be everything to all people. I, I have gifts that you don't have. You have gifts that I don't have. So what you do is you honestly look at all these people and say, okay, let's, how can we bring our gifts together the service of God and the church mm. and, and, and certainly will be blessed by that. I, I think it's uh, so, you know, be not afraid. Don't feel intimidated. I think that's and, and, and trust in the Lord. I think that's so important. Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are power for impact. Welcome back to the Leadership Podcast. My name is Ron Huntley. Thank you for following. Thank you for entering into these conversations. Today, I'm really excited to talk about something that's impacting the whole world, and that's this synodal journey that Pope Francis has invited us to do. To do. And my guest today is Bishop Burgi from St. Catherine's Diocese in Ontario. I'm so glad to have you with me today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Ron. It's a great joy to be with you. How have you tackled the, this request to enter into a synodal process at your diocese at St. Catherine? Okay, very good question. A good place to start. I think when this was first announced, uh, I felt a little overwhelmed. I think like most people, because really we weren't quite sure what does this mean, a synod on synodality. And uh, so there were many, many questions, but I think what I tried to do is to put it into a perspective that I could appreciate. And in our own diocese, you know, we had been kind of gearing up for a diocesan synod, and this was just before COVID hit. Okay. So the, the concept of bringing people together and listening to what they had to say, listening to the spirit, and then from that, kind of deciding how we can move forward as, as a diocese. So, so this, uh, so even though I was a little unsure, at least I had this to fall back on. And of course, the Holy Father is very clear that the synod was for a synodal church, union, participation, and mission. So that's that's we can never lose sight of of that being the principal theme because lately we've been hearing a lot of people give their interpretation of the synod, and for some it's changing the whole structure of the church. It's changing tradition. It's changing teaching. No, the Holy Father emphasized, no, it's it's really about evangelization. It's about how can we have better communication, participation, and understand our mission. I think that is mm -hmm. that is so, so very critical. So when I, uh, so I, I received all the information from, uh, from the Vatican, and I began the process here in the diocese with listening sessions. It was during COVID, and I knew that was also going to be a challenge. Mm -hmm. But I also understood that doing things virtually, that's fine. But if you can bring people together, that's also a good thing. So we tried to pro provide both avenues where the people who wanted to come together in a safe way could, those that felt more comfortable doing it virtually could also do it. So we had that kind of dual approach to it. And mm -hmm. I would think that, that we really, um, it was a very, very positive experience. The people that wanted to be part of it were able to be part of it. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that uh, certain themes uh, came, came through and we were able then to put together a diocesan report, which was then forwarded to our regional bishops uh, assembly. They in turn sent it to the uh, Conference of Bishops of Canada. They in turn sent it to uh, Rome. So it was a real challenge of redaction because you know, you've got all this information and they always wanted a 10 page summary. So, uh, you know, to try to capture the, to do justice to really what yeah. had went on, it was, it was a real challenge, but, uh, mm. but overall it was a very positive experience, I would say. That's, uh, there'd be some very good writers involved in every diocese to take all that information and try to catch the, the heart of what was captured. That would be an interesting, yeah. interesting exercise. Something I just want to pick up on. You said, you know, we wanted to be able to hear what people, people had to say and what the Spirit was saying. You differentiated those two things, and I just thought that was so cool. Speak a little bit more into how has the church been challenge like what what does that look like how does the church prepare itself to hear what the spirit is saying as we talk with individuals that's beautiful yeah and that's really the whole the whole question of discernment and our holy father pope francis being a jesuit himself you know <laughs> understands discernment and i think we have to apply that to life and that applies to your question so people offer their reflections their thoughts so you have to determine how is the spirit speaking through this and how is the Spirit speaking through this? And what is the Spirit actually saying? And to me, that is the greatest mm -hmm. challenge because we notice, at least getting the, the our continental, uh, we're now in the continental stage of, of the synodal process. And so what we have is a, a, Rome has taken all of these reports from around the world, synthesized them, and then presented them to, to the continents and asked us to, to reflect upon them. So you, there are many different ideas and themes. And so... The question is going to be, where is the spirit in all of this? Because, you know, you, you have extremes there. You have people that yeah. are saying the church is being called to, you know, to, to change its, its, its teachings on this issue or that issue. It's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's calling into question the whole ecclesial structure. You know, what does leadership mean today? And, and how do you, how do you uh, invite people to, to as the, the, the phrase they use is expanding your tent? You know, that's the, that was the scriptural reference for the continental stage. So, how do you bring people in into the the fold uh, and and you know the, so there's lots of ideas out there and and some of them I'm sure are are, are good and some of them are questionable but right. the question is where is the spirit in all this because when you look at the early church Saint Paul that, that was so critical to discern the spirit where is the spirit how is the spirit speaking right and I don't necessarily have a simple answer to that question other than right. i think you've got to listen and part of the discernment is is really to to look at the fruits of what is being said so if, mm. if what is being said brings joy and peace then i think that's a sign if it brings greater discord and division that could be a sign that maybe it's not of right. the spirit or maybe it's of a spirit but not the holy spirit because right. there's also spirit you know the evil spirits of division because Amen. You know, we, we can't be foolish. They're not enemies out there that want to destroy the body of Christ. They want to destroy the church, right? Mm -hmm. the evil Amen. spirits. It's, you know, it's neat for me, even as I hear you talk and this process, I think, man, I bet you that's a little bit of what it must have been like when they were trying to put the Bible together and deciding what books are in, what books are not. This is the whole collective discernment of the church, the, the value, the purpose, the wisdom, the gift that the church is in discernment is is not small. 
Yeah, I'm sure they just drew a circle on the ground and then threw all the books up in the air, and those that fell inside the circle were part of the, you know, the, the actual Bible, and those outside the circle were not. So, uh, so you know, that's a, now you know the rest of the story, <laughs> that's right? right. Yeah. <laughs> but don't quote me on that. <laughs> that's right. Got nothing to back that up. No, I, no, no, I'm no. I'm pretty sure I heard that. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, that's fun. That's fun. Well, one of the things that. Um, would be fun working with you and as I get to know you in the diocese in St. Catharines there's been a few themes that have come out that you've noticed just locally why don't you talk a little bit about that um, because I, th I think what you're doing and what you've done is really fun and and, and helpful so can you share with us the, th sure. the themes that have come out for you yeah sure Ron so I think that a lot of momentum was was gathered with this whole synodal process and what I was afraid of is if we take all this information that we've gathered from, from these listening sessions uh, and then just kind of wait for the final synodal report, which now the Holy Father's extended it another year, so probably won't be okay. till the end of, of, you know, sometime in, in 2024 uh, or you know, 23. Uh, so I thought we, we need, what can we do now? What can we do now? So I thought, let's look at our report and what are some of the themes that come out of that? And the three themes that came out was was prayer, um, leadership, and communication. Those were the three big categories. A lot mm. of people were talking about leadership in the church, leadership in the parishes. How can we be greater leaders? And of course, you're going to lead. You got to be able to communicate, and you communicate with one another, and you communicate as a diocese. And then, of course, none of this makes sense unless you're united to God, prayer, you're, and, and to each other. So, so those were kind of the three areas that we thought that we could. Um, we could focus on and and prepare ourselves over this time, these two years, while the synod is continuing to go on, and and then we'll be ready for whatever comes out in the final right. document to be able to respond. So to be more reactive than proactive, and right. and that's for me important that uh, that sometimes we easily react to things. Uh, I remember once a person saying to me, "You can either react or respond," mm -hmm. and uh, what you want to be able to do is respond to something, not simply just react. Amen. And in order to respond. You've got to be prepared in some way. So, mm -hmm. so that's basically uh, what what we were doing. And uh, and then I thought, okay, so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. So let's let's we thought we'll start with uh, with the three. And the first one we're looking at is basically communication, leadership, and prayer. So mm -hmm. when you look at those, what's one thing we can do to, to to begin that that process of developing those three areas in the diocese? And the simple thing I thought about was pastoral councils. That, that here's something that already exists. It's in the Code of Canon Law. Mm -hmm. uh, people have to have a finance council, but the code doesn't say you necessarily, they highly recommend it, but it is not, it is not, it is not part of the law of the church to have a pastoral council. So I thought, let's look at every parish, some do, some don't, have a pastoral council, and then use that pastoral council to possibly form leaders, initiate better communication, facilitate prayer. And what it is, is it, it's in, in a way, it's a, it is a microcosm of the synod because you bring your parishioners together and you listen and you discern, and then hopefully you act. And uh, so that, that was important. So this is where you came into the picture, Ron, because, <laughs> because it was recommended the good work that you do. And, uh, and so we kind of reached out to you to see whether you could help us in beginning to form these pastoral councils, what would they look like? And uh, because I know there was a booklet that was put out by the, the Conference of Bishops, Canadian Conference of Bishops, a number of years ago on pastoral councils, but it's like 30 years old. It's so outdated. 
-hmm. We wanted something that would be current and meaningful for our situation. So one of the things we do annually is have clergy study days where we bring the clergy together and we focus on on, on certain issues that will help. We have retreats and days of recollection for the spiritual. This would be more for the the educational, how we can develop our skills, our leadership skills, for lack of a better phrase. And so in that context, we arranged to, to bring you in mm-hmm. and to really have you focus with us on the nature of, of pastoral councils, but how we can utilize them to grow in these areas of prayer, uh, leadership and collaborative leaders uh, or um, communication. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to say uh, that was in uh, November and uh, it was uh, a great experience. I heard many many positive comments, Ron. And uh, so I want to thank you for that. I think it was a great, uh, a great first step. In many ways, you were coaching us all in this area. And and Mm. I think you were, the beautiful thing is that you were not necessarily imposing on us, you were drawing from us, Mm. and and really saying, okay, here, what is your reality? I think that that is so critical, you've got to stop and say, what is our situation right now? And then once you know your situation, your needs, then you can begin to develop, okay, what best is going to meet those needs and how can you adapt mm. uh, to your reality? And, um, and always being done, Ron, in a, in a spirit of faith. Mm. I mean, you're, you're not, uh, you're, you're, that is your uh, modus operandi. As I say, you, you're doing everything from a perspective of faith. Yes. And you know, I don't know how many times you mentioned the Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. that was uh, always a good thing. So uh, so anyway, so that's kind of uh, a long answer to your very brief, but, <laughs> thought, but thought-provoking question. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Sets us up. The the What's so fun and what was so fun coming in and doing the study days, because it's, it's so practical. I, I'm a practical guy. I like just being a leadership coach in parishes. I love taking ideas, concepts, perspectives, and bringing them to life. And, and what's so fun doing it with your whole diocesan presbyterate was everybody's different. Everybody's, like you said, different context. They themselves have different skills and abilities and also uh, charisms that they bring to their ministry. And so I just find it incredibly challenging and fun. And I, I, had a, I really enjoyed uh, journeying with you guys during that process because it felt like a journey over those mm-hmm. three oh, very days. Much so. Like we were wrestling with real issues, real, real potential things that might not work, and and we didn't pull any punches in terms of diving into these real issues. And to your point, giving them the freedom to decide what type of parish pastoral council might might make sense. And and yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think that uh, what you were able to uh, to emphasize, and it's so true that really uh, a pastoral council is, is simply an opportunity to walk together. And really that's, you listen to Pope Francis, that's really what is the heart of synodality. You know, he's walking together, that Emmaus story, right? where, where Jesus encounters the, the, the disciples, they don't recognize him, but uh, he's able to transform their hearts mm. from, from doubt and despair to, to, to hope and, and, and joy as, as they, now go back to Jerusalem after encountering the Lord and breaking bread. They go back evangelized. I mean, they're saying it's true, it's true, it's true. So this this really in my heart is what synodality is all about. Yes. It's really I for me, uh, my model, my episcopal model is is basically stay with us, Lord, is taken right from 
it's taken right from the road to Emmaus because that gospel has always spoken to me so powerfully. Wow. And uh, and so I, I think that that's really the heart of evangelization, walking with the Lord, walking together but with a with a destination. Right. They just weren't walking for the right. sake of walking. They had a destination. Jesus challenged them. You know, he said, hey, you're so slow, you know, slow to learn, slow, so slow of heart. But they admitted, hey, weren't our hearts not burning within us when he spoke to us? So I think that's really what the church is. The church yeah. is journeying with people. This is synodality. You listen, but but if there's need, you correct. You must proclaim yeah. the truth. Mm-hmm. But but we're journeying together. We're journeying with the Lord. Our destination ultimately is heaven, is paradise. But on this earth, we have a, a glimpse of heaven in the Eucharist. You know, we come together and break bread. We're nourished. And then at the end of every Mass, we're sent forth. To go back and say, yeah, it is true. It is true. He has risen. He is the Lord. He is the Lord. And uh, so, well, that's, if if that if I could take that, continue with that concept, it's just so beautiful. But their lives were changed, and I think if we do parish pastoral councils well, like I think if we lead well, we change the lives of the people that are on the team with us. Because mm-hmm. we do change each other as we pray together, as we share honestly and openly, as we debate together, as we struggle and strive to, to accomplish things that are going to glorify God in our parishes. If we are able to build a trusting environment where, where we can trust each other enough to give it our all for the sake of hitting different uh, outcomes that we believe are going to glorify God, it changes us and sure. it's just so fun so very much in keeping yeah. with that scripture yeah i i see these the, the pastoral council is not an end in itself it, i think it's a step towards transforming the parish mm. and 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 really ultimately then transforming the community transforming the world right it, yes. it, it's I, I do believe that uh, i mean there's been great there's been different theories about parish life and whether it's obsolete whether it has a future I really believe that the parish is where the rubber hits the road. Here's where we have these opportunities to come together as a community and then to, to go forth into the greater community, mm. but always coming back to the Eucharist and always being then sent forth and coming back. It, you know, it, it is, it's an ebb and flow, but mm. it's really the heart of, of I, I believe, the, the, the church. I mean, it, it is, uh, I mean, the diocese, it is, it is a family of many different smaller communities we call parishes. And then within the parish, there's all those families of people you know so it's all groupings that that kind of come together well you know paul talks about the human body right you know it's almost like little cells that that make up the body that create you know organs but it's all working in harmony working together uh with christ as the head amen and for that's so elusive for so many people in their lived parish experience and and and, and that's the truth like the, i'm sure there's people listening to this that what are you talking about parish council i've been on parish council councils before they were terrible the meetings were boring and we never really accomplished anything and and that's possible too but parish councils can be run poorly and get poor results and that that wasn't your goal and your team's goal it's like no we're not going to pay lip service to this concept we really like parish pastoral council at its best could help the pastor how could help the parish how could mobilize lay people how and exactly. so we were, we we're doing it all with the best in mind not just saying do it and whatever results you get that's yeah. good enough no i i, I don't uh, from my perspective ron i i can't say to a parish have a pastoral council and then not help them to see why it's important to have a pastoral council and how the pastoral council can work the good of the parish and that's why again you were so good at doing that you know here's how the 
pastoral council can help you to be a, a much more effective parish, mm. how it can form leaders, how it can uh, impact uh, communication, how it can influence the prayer life of the parish. It's, it's all of these things. It's, mm. And so it, it's not an end in itself, but it's, it hopefully sparks other growth in the parish and, and, mm. and, and more and greater leadership, because that's, to me, that's the key. It, it's, mm. it's the, it's an understanding of our baptismal call. Mm-hmm. You know that we're all called to go forth into the world and to be that light and to be that leaven. And in a parish, it's just not the priest doing all the work or the parish team. All people, by their baptismal calling, mm-hmm. are to go out there and to preach Christ wherever they may find themselves. Mm. That's an intimidating reality for a lot of cradle Catholics. They, you know, they can be faithful going to church. And not quite sure how to engage in the rest of their life when it comes to issues of faith. Sometimes they can feel they're under attack. Their values are are not maybe uh, popular right now in different circles, mm-hmm. and it, it can be intimidating and quite scary. And my experience with parishes that begin to lead intentionally, look for ways to mobilize people and and to make things sustainable for the pastor, because boy, it's exhausting being a parish priest just doing all the things around liturgy and sacraments let alone being missional yes Um, and so i my heart goes out because i know how hard it is but as that continues to grow you know as people you know as you set up this whole synod purpose was with the heart of evangelization in mind and and as people as their hearts are set on fire again, as they rediscover Christ, as they open themselves up perhaps to the Holy Spirit in new ways, their hearts do begin to burn and authentic friendships can take place. And this is part of the leadership piece as these pastoral councils work with their pastors to discern what pieces do we need to have in place? What platforms do we need to facilitate not only this encounter, but these ongoing lived experiences of doing life together not just going to church on Sunday. Sure. And yep. as that happens, I think people grow in confidence almost by accident. Sure. Because they're they're just so engulfed in praying together and doing life together and celebrating sure. together and worshiping it, together. It's all helping to form leaders. And even with, with the clergy, not, not to feel threatened by uh, others. It, it, it's, a, right. it's a collaborative effort. And, it, and it's the, the pastor drawing on the gifts and, and talents of those that have been entrusted to a spiritual care. It's working together to make the parish better and more effective. And as you have uh, said uh, during our study days, that there's other ways of bringing people together. There's the pastoral council, but there's other, you know, more of a leadership team. That people that you can rely on, and it only makes sense, right? Mm. I, I, I can't be everything to all people. Mm. I, I have gifts that you don't have. You have gifts that I don't have. So what you do is you honestly look at all these people and say, okay, let's, how can we bring our gifts together the service of God and the church mm. and, and, and certainly will be blessed by that. I, I think it's uh, so, you know, be not afraid. Don't feel intimidated. I think that's mm. and, and, and trust in the Lord. I think that's so important. Me too. And, and what's fun about all this is I, I was just at a conference uh, this week and the fella who spoke said, you know, I had, I had a, got a degree, went to a Catholic university, Steubenville, got a degree in theology and philosophy and then he got a job as a director of evangelization in a parish and he said in my studies we didn't touch evangelization i thought i thought oh that's interesting um because it's a big part of what we do with our theology hopefully 
Um, but I think the other part is too, there's a lot of, there's a lot to leadership that isn't necessarily taught in the academic setting um, as pastors are, are formed and, and that's okay. But I think what's fun about what we've done together and what we're going to continue to do together is we're going to kind of help with some of those pieces because, you know, I remember sitting with a good friend of mine who's a priest one day and we were talking about teams and people. And I remember at one point he just looked at me and said, Ron, I don't see what you see. I said, what do you mean? He said, you see people, you see skills and gifts and you know where they should fit on a team. He said, I don't see what you see when I see people. And it didn't even dawn on me that that was a skill set or, or a gift. I just thought everybody saw what I saw. Mm -hmm. And and he's like, no, I don't. And so because I don't see what you see, I don't know how to do it. And I thought, wow, that makes perfect sense because there's lots I don't know how to do, believe you me. But then I just thought, wow, how important is it to break down things like how do you identify people of capacity? How do you recruit them? How do you equip them? How do you empower them? How do you support them? How do you multiply them? Like those are skill sets that you don't necessarily just learn. Sure. And so it's just so fun what we were able to tackle and begin to work with with the pastors and, and begin to talk about those things because it just opens up a bunch of fun sure. areas and opportunities to grow and learn, doesn't sure. it? And, and it really, it's all about relationships. Yeah. Those, those, those questions you just posed, well, some of the answers is if you enter into a relationship with them, you get to know them and you yes. can't help them and not see what, where their strengths and where their weaknesses lie. That's so I think point. that's that's part of the the whole leadership is as a pastor you've got to be with your people mm -hmm. and you've got to to and and to me that's the beauty of the priesthood because you can enter into the lives of individuals. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was a pastor, you know, you would be with people would call you into their life at at, at the most incredible mm -hmm. moments of despair and sadness when a child is ill or they've lost a loved one. They mm -hmm. bring you into their lives. At, at the most joyous occasions, whether it be a marriage, a baptism, you know, whatever it is, and it's that trust where they invite you in, not as a stranger, but as a spiritual father. But that only happened because of, as you said, of trust. And you can only trust somebody you know. So you've got to enter into a relationship with, with people and not see them, you know, as 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 the enemy or mm. somebody that that you you're you don't have any kind of nothing in common with them. No, you're there. To be a spiritual father you're there to care for them to nurture them to love them and, yeah. and most importantly to serve right to serve mm -hmm. yeah no that that's that that makes sense i never thought about it from that angle it's so true i was just talking to somebody just today uh, who's wrestling with something that they need to figure out and the lady that does the accounting the reason she does the accounting is because the previous pastor baptized her daughter and through that learned that she was an accountant and she wanted to give back so she volunteered her yeah. time and and that's exactly what you're talking about those connections finding out what oh, people's yeah. gifts and skills are and drawing them in to to serve but but as you know uh, the bigger the parish the greater challenge there is to do that right and yeah. that's where then it goes right back to bringing a team together who mm -hmm. can also do that for you and also can put forward names of people that they know they've got these skills right so it's yeah. Again, it's that whole idea of, of collaboration and and really, uh, yeah, it, it's that's the kind of leadership. Uh, I, I know uh, it's kind of related. Uh, you know, Pope Francis just recently put out a, a, an apostolic letter uh, on St. Francis de Sales on the okay. 400th anniversary of, of his death. But for me as a bishop, he is my role model because of, of his beautiful approach 
to to caring for the people that uh, that that really are his flock. And uh, you know, he he was a bishop at the time of the Reformation in in the area of Geneva, where there was where many people had left the faith. But it was his approach of gentleness and love. You know, he once said, "You can attract more flies with a spoonful of honey than a barrel full of vinegar." And he really applied that in, in reaching out to people. He he was the first one to talk about the universal call to holiness that the Second Vatican Council wow. talked about. His, his whole idea, his introduction, you know, to the devout life was that you can achieve holiness wherever you may find yourself. It's not just for the religious. Right. Wherever you are, whether you're a house, whether you're a wife, whether you're whatever you do, you can find personal holiness. Mm-hmm. And of course, ultimately, you know, his great treatise on love, how important love is, and God is love. So. You know, this this is really in leadership, from my perspective. This is how you have to approach it. With God, you know, preaching God's love, not vinegar, but honey. <laughs> and and and, but that doesn't mean it's, you're a yes man. I mean, or you're always yes, yes, yes. No. But I think it's it's your approach. Do you do you condemn? Do you condemn, or do you draw people to the light and and help to enlighten them? And I think that image of honey. Uh, you know, and vinegar, the sweetness of honey, the bitterness of yeah. vinegar. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that this is all part of that uh, that approach. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping that our own diocese, you know, more and more yeah. pastors, those involved in, in ministry, will really uh, see the, the synodal process really as a, a microcosm of the road to Emmaus, mm-hmm. and that in many ways in their leadership, they would embrace St. Francis de Sales, that idea of striving for people to grow in holiness mm. and, and focusing on love, love that is honey, not vinegar. Amen. Amen. So as, you know, as I just think about the people that are listening to this in different parts of the world and, and, and really what I'm hearing you invite people to, or at least this is how I experienced it, please correct me if I'm wrong, but is this this invitation to kind of hit the reset button and say, hey, let's go on this journey together. In fact, you're putting in place a pastoral council for the diocese as well. well so, you know, you're well, going- I mean, I, I think you have to do, I mean, we never, we did not have one. And, and how can I ask the parishes to do something if I'm not prepared to do it? That's the first sign of leadership, isn't it? That you've got to, you got to, by example, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I, it doesn't always happen. Just for the record, no, so I, I think I know, it's beautiful. <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm not perfect, but at least I'm trying. <laughs> I love it. And, and those that know me tell me I'm very trying at times. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You have a good team around you. I love yeah. your team too. But what I love is that you're almost hitting the reset button and just acknowledging that hey, we we haven't. Not everybody's doing this, and even you know maybe you are. And maybe that, that can be enhanced or whatever, but you're just saying, hey, can we go on this journey together? And for some people, if if they're parishioners, you know, maybe they've been on a parish pastoral council before, or or maybe there's just patterns that have that have led to some hurt or misunderstanding and, and, and just some distance. And and I think what I'm hearing you ask of your parishioners and your pastors is can we hit the reset button? Can we yep. can we forgive? Can we try again anew? And can we all do this together at the same time? Which yeah. find it's a fun invitation. Well, it, again, it's like anything. How do you look at this? Uh, do you see it as a huge burden or as an opportunity? And, mm-hmm. you know, there's no question that there's a lot of problems in the world today. We're facing a lot of struggles. And the one responsibility to throw up your hands and say, I can't take it anymore, or to say, okay, discern, and then act, walk together, 
and and know that the Lord is with us. To me, you know, that's important. It, it, the, 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 why I think uh, the whole COVID experience was so devastating. I mean, I'm not even going to talk about the medical conditions and, and, and that, but it's just the division that like people were isolated. People were isolated. And as you know, it's very easy to pick people off when they're isolated because you feel alone. So when we're together, there's a strength in that. Mm. And, and journeying together, we're not alone. Mm. We're together. God is with us. God will never abandon us. Mm. And we forget about the cross. He has triumphed over evil. Satan is a loser. But there's still, you know, those little temptations. It still has power to tempt us. And one of the greatest ways is to distort the truth and Amen. to cause us to lose hope and despair. Hmm. And we can't do that. The church is alive. The Holy Spirit is still with us. Don't give in to the darkness. The light is there. And, and we've got to walk together. And if we have to be humble enough to say, as you said, reset, okay, come on, these councils maybe didn't work before, but we'll make them work because mm. the essence of what it represents is, is truth. Amen. Bring people together, pray together, be open to the Holy Spirit, and then work together doing God's will, mm. inspired and powered by the Spirit. That's the magic formula. What a, I was going to say, what a wonderful formula. And what's fun, too, about how we've tackled this together is acknowledging that, that coming in and doing the study days and speaking about things and breaking it down and workshopping all that stuff is a great way to really get to the heart of matters, build trust, you know, kind of put together some pieces that we can move forward on. But it didn't stop there. You know, we've put together some other resources to help. The part I'm probably most excited about is training a, a couple of pastors to be able to facilitate those meetings as we're, because we're going to bring people together and, yes. and take them through this uh, four-part video series and, and really facilitate conversations around some of the basics of doing it. So it wasn't just this series of talks. It's, it's the support pieces to bring exactly. it to life, which exactly. I, I think is so exciting. So, well, again, you know, similar to my feeling with regard to what we did preparing for the Synod and all this information and not wanting to just be dormant, same thing struck me with regard to our study days. You know, you, you, you ignited a bit of a fire there. And so I want to build on that. And that's why you're facilitating some of these videos to form leaders, to, to uh, help form pastoral councils. I think you're going to, God willing, working with the deans so that even they can take on a greater leadership role. I think it, it's all very positive and very, very good because I think the more we can empower people, the better, right? Mm -hmm. To take on those leadership roles, to see themselves working together mm -hmm. and, and for God and for the church. Amen. Amen. So as we wrap up, what, 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 what word would you have for your pastors specifically and your faithful in, in your community? As we, as we begin to head down this road of putting parish pastoral councils or rebreathing life into them afresh, what, what, what words of hope and encouragement would you have for them? Well, I would say from my own perspective, it is simply thank you. Uh, you know, I, I feel so blessed to be the bishop of this diocese. Uh, you know, God has called me to this. And, and I know that as imperfect as I am, God gives me the grace that I need. And a lot of that grace comes through all the people that are part of this diocesan family. So I would say, thank you. Thank you. And, and the, the other phrase I would say, and it's not my own, I mean, St. John Paul II offered it, I think, his first words when he came out onto the balcony at St. Peter's, be not afraid. I think it's so true. Be not afraid. Just trust in the Lord. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Great things can happen. 
Great things can happen when we entrust ourselves to God and God is able to use us. Because um, God has not abandoned the church. God has not abandoned us. And I think precisely at moments like this, when you look at the history, that's always important. We always think this is the worst moment. You look at the history of the church. At these critical moments where there's great uh, fear and uncertainty, God is working. God is working mightily. God is working mightily. So we'll cooperate with that. Amen. Bishop Bergey, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for the work that you're doing and how intentionally you are about taking your learnings from the Synod and, and making it even more to prepare for that final document. Uh, thank you for your leadership. Um, I really appreciate you. Well, Ron, the feeling is mutual. Thank you for all your good work. God bless you. You're welcome. God bless you. And for those of you that were listening today, please take a moment, hit the thumbs up. If you're on YouTube, share, subscribe, all that helps uh, to get the message out, to have these leadership conversations with people all over the world. God bless you all. And we'll see you next time. I want to encourage you as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time. And remember, if you're still breathing, you are.